Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hey, what's up? This is Gabo from Fayuca, and you are listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. A lot of mercy. <laughs> Welcome to the Phoenix Suns Solar Panel Podcast. Do appreciate you guys joining us. If you are live on YouTube, yes, we are recording a day late, but that is okay. My name is Tim Tompkins, joined as always by Mr. Dave King. Hey there. How's it going, Suns fans? Right. And of course, we could not and will not forget Greg Esposito. Ahoy, ahoy. And so it has. It's been a week, guys. Uh, on this episode, pretty exciting. We are going to get into the different possibilities of the NBA starting up and which ones will include the Suns and which ones won't. We'll kind of talk about that. But we did want to start this off with a bit of a broader conversation. This was actually uh, something that was uh, uh, brought to the table from Dave and really talking about sports moments that uh, made a large impact on you, made you cry, made you happy, uh, made you incredibly pissed, whatever the case might be. Um, so we're going to talk about reminiscing about some of those moments that made you the happiest slash saddest. Let's start this out with you, Espo. Are we just talking sons or are we talking sports overall? Is this, uh, there's, there's two distinct categories here. Because the sons aren't a sport? <laughs> no. No, I just mean, uh, you know, they're... So I'll start with one that isn't the Suns. Uh, the that's fine. Yeah, I know. Anything that made you the right. theme for SB Nation was anything that makes you made you cry in a sports moment. So it didn't have to be All Suns, right. well, but it should be sports. I'll start. I'll start with a non-Suns one. And I'll give you a Suns one. The the non-Suns one was the NF Championship game uh, when the Cardinals uh, beat the Philadelphia Eagles to move on to the Super Bowl. Having grown up in this town uh you know watching the cardinals come here from st louis be the laughing stock of the league only have one playoff appearance prior to that uh i remember watching that and being on the phone with my dad and uh and crying tears of joy that they made it to the super bowl and it was just odd because we had no real idea why we were so emotional but it was just years of of just watching bad football, sitting uh, in in our house and having to listen to the radio for home games because they weren't sellouts and we didn't uh, have the money to go to every game, those kind of things. It just was a – that was a moment that was almost cathartic. It was a release there. Uh, for the Suns, uh, there were moments of joy. Uh, you know, I won't lie. I got a little teary when I, when I got my job with the team because that was a – uh, a big moment uh, for a younger me. They were crying uh, too. They well, uh, no, that was after they realized who they hired. They were crying, uh, but then uh, I, I think, and it's a moment that's actually going to re-air on Fox Sports uh, Arizona uh, tonight when Robert Ory hip checks Steve Nash. I don't know that t- I got <sighs> I got oddly emotional about that, but it was like anger and then emotion and then. 
you know, what does this mean with uh, Amari and, and Boris? It was just a weird grouping of emotions uh, from from kind of a negative perspective there. And then I'll, I'll never forget crying over John Paxson shot as a nine-year-old. So that's kind of the spectrum of of time, you know, the, the most memorable time sports made me cry. So, you know, it's interesting um, that it is really, it's almost impossible to find the, that, that game four of the 2007 playoffs on YouTube uh, where Robert already hip checked Nash. You would think as one of the most watched shows or games in history, at least Suns history, it would be on YouTube somewhere. And nobody, uh, I, I just couldn't find it when I was looking for it one time. Uh, and then somebody else mentioned that that's one of the hardest games to find, or that series, that entire series is one of the hardest series to find. It's easier to find 1990 games against the Lakers than it is um, to find that series. So that's interesting. Well, so I'm looking forward to watching that on Fox Sports Arizona. I don't think it's that odd because the NBA, I'm shocked that Fox Sports Arizona is actually showing the game. And that's not a critique. I'm actually excited to watch it i just know the league seems awfully sensitive about that series probably because of <laughs> tim donaghy and the whole uh you know, ref uh ref issue there so that somehow uh just surprises me that they're even showing it when the nba like you said dave they let a lot of things on youtube and they don't seem to want any of that series <laughs> yeah. on youtube so so yeah there it's it'll be interesting to re-watch that and see if you catch anything uh uh, about yeah. that game as far as my um experience crying in sports um i'm not really look uh my kids will tell you that i am a lame ass crier in movies like so so much that i'll they'll they'll laugh at me crying while they're crying because they're sensitive little girls too uh <laughs> i cry like crazy in movies for some reason i do not cry in my real life almost never no matter how bad things get dave dave uh, what's the what's the one movie that makes you cry the most i have a feeling it's the notebook oh that one's good that one's good you know what actually the one that une- there's two movies that unexpectedly made me cry the most my girl 20, 27 dresses <laughs> shut up <laughs> um no one movie oh god what is it? it's one of those nicholas sparks ones though um it's the one where Miley Cyrus uh, was the estranged daughter, and she spends her dad makes her spend the summer with him, and turns out he's dying of cancer, and that's why he's making her spend the summer with him. And she spends the whole movie get all be all mad at him, and then uh, they finally start making friends, and he collapses on the beach, and you find out he's got cancer. And I'm just like, oh my god! I was not expecting that. I was thinking it was a dumb Disney movie where everybody was going to end up happy at the end. And it wasn't. And so that was as my kids were laughing at me as the tears were rolling down my face. Because as a dad with daughters, I imagine that being the worst thing that could happen. I thought um, you were going to say Nicolas Cage movie. No. But those no, make up. me cry for different reasons. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no kidding, right? God, he's, he's had some really good ones and some really bad ones. Has he? Um, shout out to Chris Cole on, uh, on Twitter, Suns fan and Nicolas Cage fan extraordinaire um and then the other one that surprisingly made me cry was a star is born but i think that made everybody cry uh so we got some comments from some listeners in the youtube chat uh dj mike five saying that uh when nash played with one eye against the spurs last time they were in the playoffs man that was emotional me for real finally beating the spurs i I love Mm -hmm. isaiah coleman's comment uh dave looks like he cries during titanic 
Uh, <laughs> hey, I might, I might have. <laughs> uh, Fabio says Dave cries during the Lion King when Scar kills Mufasa. <laughs> yeah, Lion King is awesome. Yeah. Actually, probably when 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 uh, Mufasa died after the wildebeest um, cra- went crazy, that might have been a point where I cried too. I don't know. I, I, I'm I, a crier in movies. I'm, I'm an unabashed crier in movies. I feel it's like fun. Dave would cry when Scar lost his power, uh, lost the lost the throne in Lion King. I feel like that's the point that Dave would cry at. You know? Hey, well, when excited. Simba reclaimed it, yeah, on the, re- <laughs> on the reclaim for sure. Heck yeah! Um, I named uh, my German Shepherd after Scar on uh, on Lion King, and every time I tell him his name is Scar, I think people think I was like trying to pick a badass name. No, I just pick Scar because he walks goofy. Yeah, you know Scar did walk goofy. Uh, Coach Fallen Fonder says that he's a diehard Saints fan and did cry when they won the only Super Bowl. Ah, I, yep. um, I Iverson. That vlog sun life says he cried when the sun's got the first pick for the first time i wonder did he cry when they didn't pick luca <laughs> he cried twice on that one <laughs> it's fine aiden's great thank thanks great, Tim. dave cried during the avengers when thanos took over <laughs> no but i probably did missed up when the when the avengers fought back but only in infinity war yeah. not in uh in endgame for some reason endgame had i had no emotional reaction to uh, but I will tell you the one time I remember crying for the Suns. A Dave crying meme. I could be like Jordan crying. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, the, I did cry once. It's weird. I did not cry in any of those playoff games. I only cheer so loud. I like make myself dizzy and stuff like that as when I was a fan. Um, and even in media row, I, I probably uh, break the rules a little bit because I cry sometimes. Uh, not cry. Excuse me. When I yell. <laughs> And uh, and make snarky comments on Media Row sometimes over the suns, but I don't cry. There was one time though that I remember recently. Um, the the one time was actually opening night of 2018. The Suns uh, first game of DeAndre Ayton played against the Dallas Mavericks. First game of Luka Doncic. Uh, the Suns had just come off that awful season, um, and. Their first game with Igor Kokoshkov, they make 19 threes, including Devin Booker scoring 19 points in the fourth quarter, including 14 straight for the Suns. He just made shot after shot after shot, and I'm so used to, over the years, I'm not just talking about these bad Suns teams, I'm talking about the good Suns teams too. They never, No one's ever made six shots in a row in the fourth quarter to win a game. They just haven't. And uh, that actually, as opening night, and me going, God, this playoff drought might be over. What are we seeing here? What is this? What's going on? That was just, um, that was a moment that had me just a little bit hot in the face and a little misty. But other than that, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a sports crier. Dave, How about you, Tim? Dave, Tell us when you cry. Actually, one, uh, one movie question for you, Dave. Sure. Have you seen it? Uh, oh, Life is Beautiful. No. Uh-huh. Go watch it. It's the Roberto Bagnini film that uh, that he won an Oscar for. You will you will cry the entire time. I I in theater. I don't want to. Bald. I don't like do movies to cry. Well, you should. It's a great movies. film. You should. And if you cry it's during movies, it's a good one. I'm not supposed to cry. Like <laughs> like when I didn't expect to. Okay, fine. Uh, Tim, what 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 are your moments? Uh, I don't think that I have ever cried over sports. That being said, I came into basketball a little bit later in life. Um, But the most meaningful moment of basketball 
that I can remember was when it was uh, college basketball, the U of A, when Derek Williams uh, beat Kyrie Irving. Um, I think it was in the final four. And I was just getting into Suns basketball then. Uh, and that was probably the most meaningful uh, stretch of uh, basketball, honestly, that I've ever been able to witness. Because then I became a Suns fan, and yeah, I've had meaningful sense. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> this was this was the first season where we had you know 25, 30 games where they were meaningful games through that portion of it. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit more on the show about <laughs> whether or not that's going to continue to be meaningful and whether or not that mattered. But that was really the first stretch of Suns basketball in in eight years that meant a damn thing. So hey, I got to say that DJ Mike Five has never been writer in his first comment. Which one? LOL, I think Dave scores during Police Academy. Well, and then he said he meant cry. Before he corrected himself. <laughs> Dave's, go to, Dave's go to Dave's go to movie when he movie? Yeah, when Dave no, no, wants to I'm score saying, Police been, Academy. It was right. <laughs> oh god. Dave trying to score during Police Academy is the worst not trying. visual ever. You know, sometimes uh, not, it's not a one way street. You. Thank you, DJ Mike. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Let's let's move on, guys. I do want to thank yeah, a listener. Exactly. Hey, DJ for... Mike brought it up. I do want to thank a listener for supporting the show, Mr. Rick Johnson. He's been a supporter for a long time now. Rick, we really do appreciate you. If you Rick guys Johnson. feel like you get something out of the show uh, and you do want to support, there's one $5 or $10 monthly donation. You do the $10 one. I'm going to send you a bunch of sun swag. Um, but either way, just hit the support the show button. Uh, but thank you so much, Rick. We really do appreciate the months of support that you given the show. Thank you, Rick. All right. So as we alluded to earlier, the Suns might or might not have a chance at a postseason run. Uh, the NBA Board of Governors have had their meetings um, where they've really been talking about different scenarios in which the NBA season could resume. We've sure, we are sure that you've heard about a lot of these, some of which will have the Suns included and some of which won't. So we're going to really talk about that. Um, they're expected to do their vote on Thursday. They had a two-hour meeting on Friday. Um, USA Today reporting that after the Board of Governors meeting on Friday, the NBA did not have definitive clarity of when the season will start and what format it would entail, but there does seem to be some strong reporting of um, what is likely to happen. Um, some of the options that the NBA is looking at is they could have all 30 teams resume the regular season to determine the playoff seating. Doesn't seem likely. Uh, the league could host a play-in tournament, both to exempt lottery-bound teams from traveling and allow playoff bubble teams a chance to secure a postseason spot where the Suns come in. We'll debate whether or not they actually had a chance. Uh, the NBA could jump right into the playoffs, either in traditional or reseeded format. That doesn't seem likely. And the NBA could have teams practice on-site or train at their prospective practice facilities before going to Orlando. And we did have a listener question. I believe it was from Pat earlier in the chat. And Dave might know the answer to this. Maybe Espo does as well. But are any players currently practicing with the Suns? If so, how many and what kind of uh, practice uh, yeah. practices are they so participating they... in? We have had interviews with Frank Kaminsky and Mikkel Bridges so far, Zoom interviews with those guys. And uh, they both said that uh, most of the players, well, they haven't named names because everything's staying kind of private right now. Uh, but most of the players have been in the gym, although they're not allowed to work out together at this point. They're not yet allowed to work out in groups. Uh, the thought is that that will happen in the next uh, few weeks, but nothing right now. 
Um, that'll that'll be a slow that'll be a slow ramp up. Right now, they're just trying to get back into physical shape. Uh, these guys, some of them had gyms at their homes, and some of them didn't. And so, you've got to get back into shape as a as a pro basketball player if you're going to compete on the highest level. Um, so, right now, it's singles. Uh, they're just working out with a single trainer, single player, single trainer, and um, hopefully that'll progress to group stage soon. The 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 timelines that people are pretty well thinking along no matter what format the nba comes back in is that uh teams would be asked to go to orlando around the 11th of july and uh play regular season counting play would resume around the 31st of july so there's a lot of ramp up time prior to that as as players and teams get more and more comfortable with what they're going to be willing to deal with with the with what if somebody gets sick so um, I think that I think this this is interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be a wild and wacky situation because as soon as one player gets sick, what do you do? Uh, but it's certainly something that's uh, progressing. And the NBA, just like all the other leagues, are not going to give up billions of dollars if everyone's willing to sign off on waivers. Yeah, and I, I, back to the players that are there, I've seen Javon Carter uh, – it was on Instagram or Snapchat. One of the two posted that he was there. So we we've got confirmation. No surprise. Some if, some guys. If anybody, there. if I expected anybody to be out there working and hustling right now, definitely Javon Carter. Yeah. And you I, know who is in the background though? Um, oh God, I just forgot his name. Jared Harper was in the background of Javon Carter's little video. Yeah. I don't know how they were allowed to be in the same area in the same place. So maybe I miss. Maybe I didn't recognize him properly, but it sure looked like. Jared Harper. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm. It could have been him. I don't. I don't know exactly how you know what the rules are with NAZ guys. Are they allowed to work? At, like I, this is all so weird. But I know. Well, uh, Jared was released by the NAS Suns. That's true. So I, I don't know how all this is is working out right now. But when you look at it, it, it it's good to know guys are back in the gym. We know they're at the Madhouse on McDowell. That the Suns have shifted. All their operations there with the arena stuff going on, the practice facility not done yet, so we know that they'll be working out there. Uh, we know that uh, it sounds like the Players Association is, has pushed that they don't want to go straight into the playoffs, that these guys need some kind of tune-up, some kind of warm-up. So uh, whatever, the, whatever one of these plans they go with, it's not going to be the one where they go straight into the playoffs. And I think we will see some kind of expanded field uh, but I don't think we're going to see all 30 teams. There's no point in no, bringing think, that many people. I think you're right. There. The two that that I um, and when I say I heard when it comes to this stuff, I'm literally just watching or listening to the ESPN dudes and the, and the, all the other outlets as well, Bleacher Report and stuff like that. So I don't know any more than you guys do that are watching this. Uh, but what I've heard uh, from the ones that I I think are the most right most of the time is that the 16 team is not going to happen because there's too many other teams that need revenue as well. Uh, and the 30 team is not going to happen because there's no point playing a handful of games if there's zero chance for you to make the playoffs. So what they're going to do is they're either going to go with the uh, the 16 that are currently set for the playoffs plus four or plus six. So it's either a 20-team or a 22-team. And I think the 22-team proposal probably makes the most sense. And I think it was Brian Windhorst who said that's the one they're leaning to towards the most because that 
team means everybody that's currently in the playoff field plus any team within six games of that final eighth seed will make it in. And that based on what's magic about the sixth game. Sorry, Greg, I I didn't mean to interrupt, but I did at the same time. Um, What's magic about the six games is that's the only way you get an extra East team in to add into the round robin fun uh, or the play in fun. And it also is the furthest back anybody has come. Uh, so supposedly that's the first back anybody's ever come after 65 games to make the playoffs. Yeah, which was where I was going. There, There is a thought process behind that six games. Plus it gets you Devin Booker, Zion, Bradley Beal uh, involved in this, which I, I think is a key part of this. It's especially the Zion factor that they want additional star power that can be introduced to the national stage because they know when they come back, when this starts, whatever the format is, there is going to be immense amount of eyes on them because people have been starved for sports content. And it certainly sounds like baseball isn't going to beat them uh, to to starting play with what's going on in that league. So it'll basically be the NBA and the NHL uh, competing for eyeballs. And you know the NBA is going to get a, a vast majority of those. So they want mm-hmm. Zion and Bradley Beal and potentially Devin Booker to be seen on that national stage. And I think it makes perfect sense because that's what TNT and ESPN are going to want. They're going to want as much star power packed into every one of these games as possible because they have to make up for the regular season revenue they lost and the potential revenue that they were going to, that, that postponing the playoffs could cost them. So adding more uh, intrigue into it is, is very important for broadcast partners, not just the league and that's why I think this 22-game uh, field is what, or 22-team field is what's going to come to fruition at the end. Let me let me ask you guys a question. The Phoenix Suns are 26 and 39 on the season. Do they deserve a chance for this uh, postseason run? Well, two things. A, this does not end their postseason drought. Let's not act like all of a sudden the Suns' postseason drought is over because it's not. They did not wind up as one of the top eight teams in the Western Conference. So just because this quarantine, you know, or pandemic playoff is going to happen does not mean that the Suns have magically ended their drought. Let's not pretend that, right? And do they deserve it? Probably not. 13 games under 500. They're six games back of that eighth spot in most years we would have been preparing for the draft lottery and looking at what uh what prospects they were going to be able to get uh with the pick that they were in line for i mean that's that's the reality they were third worst in the west uh at when the season was suspended all right this is not a team that deserves to be in the playoffs but that doesn't mean that they can't make some noise if they get in they're going to be healthy uh, you're going to have everybody yeah. back. Uh, and and <clears throat> it, what's going to happen in this, pande- in this pandemic playoff is simply the team that gets hot, the team that finds their chemistry the fast enough, is going to be able to make a run. And stays healthy. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the bottom line with all of this. And weird things could very well happen in this where – Potentially a big-name player gets sick, and it shifts the balance of everything. This is going to be a very odd, very strange 
a run, not just because there won't be fans, but because they've taken what amounts to an offseason between the, the last time they played a regular season game and whatever format they're going to play in Orlando. So just because the Suns don't deserve to be there doesn't mean that they couldn't make a run. We could see that team we saw in in November and, and parts of – uh, you know, of, of the rest of the season that looked like a legitimately good team that beat the Philadelphias of the world. Uh, that team could show up in Orlando and make a run, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Yes, there'll be an asterisk next to whatever they do, but there is talent here, and as long as they match, so they can win. So let me ask you a question. How many uh, championships, I know this is tough off the top of your head, but how many championships did um, Greg Popovich and Tim Duncan win? Tim Duncan, it was one, I believe. That Duncan only. Well, I mean, well, no, 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 excuse me, not Tim Duncan. I was thinking, I was thinking Robinson. It was five that they won overall. Yeah, not four, right? No, it was five, but the one is ninety-nine, which uh, was strike which was, short. Uh, the lockout short. Season? A sixty, uh, a, a sixty yeah. game, I believe. So, so everyone thought that would be an asterisk season, but do we actually still call it an asterisk season where we don't give them any credit? This is a little different, though. Nobody's going to forget a pandemic and, and, and a season that leads to no, 22 still, teams in the they, playoffs. What we No, what I'm saying is that uh, teams don't look back on it. You don't hear players looking back on it saying the Spurs didn't deserve the championship because they got into a playoffs after only 60-some oh, games. Well, that's, that's, that's all I'm true. saying. Yeah, if 2011. You, 2011. Did the Mavericks win a championship? Yes. Wait no, a minute. Was it 2011 or 2012? It was 2011. That was it was the, my first year uh, working yeah. in the league. That was. The, and no, does no, anybody no. say that Mavericks didn't deserve that championship? No. And they say, nah, that's only a but that's only the, a champ. The deserving not a is not the deserving is not why I asked. I asked because there's a distinct possibility that the league could come back and only take the top 20 teams, and that would leave the Suns and the Wizards out. If that were to be the case. Would we as Suns fans have legitimate reason to be upset that the Suns weren't given a chance? No. Uh, no, no. We have no legitimate reason to be upset. I personally don't think we have any legitimate reason to be upset if the Suns get left out. The Suns were, God dang it, the Suns were 13 games under 500 after 65 games. They had worked themselves into six games back of a playoff spot of an under 500 playoff team. So, no. They, we should not be happy. We should be thrilled if they get a chance, but we should not be unhappy if they don't get a chance. The Suns get what they deserve. Yeah, this is a total gift if we see any more Suns basketball this year, and we should treat it as such. And whatever happens is uh, is a win. You know, it's a, it's extra basketball that we're going to see with guys like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton if they get a play. If they advance, it's playing with house money. There's no reason that Suns fans should be upset if they don't. Uh, get to play in this, but they should be ecstatic if they do. And Dave, your point is 100% correct. If the Suns win a championship, I'm not going to give a crap if it happened with no fans there in a bubble because there was a pandemic and the world's burning around it. I, I couldn't care less uh, if it, 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 that that's not going to taint a championship if the Suns win one. It would seem about right that the Phoenix Suns would win a title when there was no fans able to witness it, and we wouldn't be able to celebrate likely with a parade because of everything going on. That would seem about right, but I wouldn't ever discredit so, that they <clears throat> won it. I just don't I think a total, they're a playoff team. I have a total side question. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers are an extremely unique team in that they were almost undefeated at home and almost winless on the road this year. Um, it's crazy the difference in their winning percentage. How does Philadelphia do in a neutral situation? 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you could you could say the same thing about all these teams that fought so hard to have like the number one seed and everything, right? I mean, if they all end up playing in a neutral situation in a neutral stadium, what was what was the point? But there's no, there's nothing that NBA can do about that. And honest, yeah. honestly, I'm I have no clue how any of these teams are going to react. They've never well, played. Well, the Suns in front are better of, on the road. But I'm, yeah, but this isn't going to be Much the road. You're not fueled off of fans uh, hating on you or anything. That's true. This is going to be silence. This Good is going to be bizarre. So I don't know how any team or any yeah. player is going to react to it because we've never seen it. It's a, it won't be silence. They're going to they're gonna feed in some crowd noise just like they always do. Oh, God. No, what they're going to do, <laughs> I think what they're probably going to do, and this is just my guess, but we've been dealing with, Greg knows this too, but we've been dealing with quiet, stadiums during Suns games for years and what the what the what the teams do is they they pump in music the whole time what's what tons uh, of music being played uh, earlier this season I was there for the Celtics home opener I think they were playing against the Raptors if I remember correctly and you know for years I've been going to Suns games not as many as you guys because obviously I have to fly out to Arizona to do it right but just the difference in noise within the the Celtics arena compared to the Suns it was those moments where you're like it's watching the Suns at the at home even like watching a real basketball game <laughs> not like it used it's, to be but you know it, it it's been you know what it's been it's been a challenge um and but anyway, all the teams are like it. But the Suns, for sure, is 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 a quiet stadium. Atlanta has historically a quiet stadium, no matter how good they were, even their sixty-one win season. Um, so the teams, what you're going to hear is a ton of music, and of course, we're going to hear the announcers. So on television, we're not going to really notice. Not we're not going to really notice much difference. Um, uh, the players are going to be the ones who are completely discombobulated. They, the players, it's so funny. Whenever you ask players, Hey, did you notice the crowd doing this? Did you notice the crowd doing that? Players are adamant and saying, I don't know players or I don't know. I don't know this crowd. I don't look at the crowd, but I guarantee you, they, they will know that the crowd is not there Yeah, you when got, they play in Orlando. And you can't tell me that a guy like Devin Booker doesn't get fired up from the crowd, either on the road or at home. Like you guys feed off of that. Whether they admit it or not, but they. Hey, David uh, wigged and uh, it was deafening in 2010. I was a season ticket holder in 2010, only partial seats, so I only went to like three of the playoff games that year. Um, and so I get what you're saying, but that was playoffs. I also went to ten of the regular season games, and even when the Suns were in their 28 and seven run, it was quieter than it should have been in that stadium. I think this. I think. It'll be fun to see the Suns get good again because then all the fans, it'll be fresh for them and it won't be boring. I think people got a little bit uh, taken for taking the team for granted toward the end of that seven seconds or less run. It was deafening as late as 2006, but I don't even know if 2007 was as loud. Yeah, as I mean, let's. Let's be honest. How, how excited is the crowd going to be with a uh, Dragon Bender and Marquise Chris out there? You know, <laughs> well, like like there is just enough. some reality to it, right? Where uh, you want fans to be more excited and and all of those things. And then uh, also to a certain extent, going and watching basketball is a really expensive endeavor. You know, you get a ticket for you and your lady. You go to a game. You uh, buy a couple of beers. All of a sudden, you're looking at two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. Well, what are the types of people that can afford to do that for an evening? evening out they tend not to be um uh the youngest 
Yeah. You know, they tend yeah. to be a little bit older, <laughs> a little bit quieter, a little bit more reserved. Uh, so to a certain extent, then I do think that you have the combination of a bad team as well as a price point that makes it so people that would tend to be a little bit louder in some of those situations aren't given the opportunity, if you will, uh, to, to be the majority of people within those seats. Sure. Hey, Robert Christie, um, fans can affect players, but fans being loud can affect a game. Dave, clears mic, right? Grammar lesson of the episode. Thank you, well, Dave. Well, I was asked. It was a I question know. by Robert Christie. I, in there. So, did either of you guys watch the match on TNT, the golf thing with Tiger Woods and yeah. Phil Mickelson? Oh yeah, and, and I was actually was hanging out with my dad that day in in Pine Top, and we literally watched that for six hours. And even he, an eighty year old golf fan, was going, "This is the most boring thing I've ever seen," but I'm not turning it off because it's the only live thing we've had in months. <laughs> but what what I found interesting about it was they had everyone mic'd up: Tom Brady, uh, Peyton uh-huh. Manning, uh, both Phil and, and Tiger. And it made me think: if we're going to be in arenas that are complete uh, completely empty for this Orlando experiment, why not mic the players right? Why not? Well, you know, you know why, Greg. You should you should know this more than anybody. The what's mic'd up and what's actually allowed to go over the air is uh, has to be approved by the teams. But they have, Um, and uh, it's not. It ends up being not interesting. I mean, even when you look at like what the the coaches are saying in the the huddles, they're like, "Defense, go out there and get them." Like that ain't what they're saying. Well, you know, but, so it's but not even me, interesting banter. We're we're in a completely different yeah. ball game right now, right? If ever you're going to get access to things that you weren't getting access to before, it's now, and they're going to definitely need, would be fun. Like, give but me Tim's that, right. and, and then they're not going to do it. But then give me a second stream of revenue. This is why I think you might be able to do it because on TNT on ESPN, you're going to have to filter it, right? You're not going to allow curse words and and anything like that. But give me a pay-per-view option, a streaming option where I can buy the completely unfiltered, uncensored version, all of a sudden you got another stream of revenue coming into this bad boy that maybe make up for some of the fan revenue you're missing because I'd pay to hear the unfiltered version of what these guys are talking trash Dude, on the court. Wouldn't you want to hear what Devin Booker was saying after these most guys? of these guys, Greg. You're, the only, there's only a handful of words you're going to be able to understand in the middle of the heat of the battle. And they're not the words that the networks are going to want aired. But that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's look, why we, I we, we all filter. want that. I, I want the coaches' huddles, uh, honestly, more than anything. I think trash talk is interesting, right? But, you know, I'd love to hear what the coaches are actually saying in those huddles apart from going you know, to defend. You know what would be like, great actually is, I'm sorry, Tim, but I just had a thought of um, who's, the, who's the best football analyst these days? It's Tony Romo, right? Correct. Wouldn't it be great to have the players who are not playing be like, well, I don't know. I don't mean the player. Pl- I don't mean the player. It's you know only kind of crap because that's not that doesn't work well. But how about coaches actually talking about what you're talking about in a huddle? Like having a coach actually live talking through another coach's huddle and saying, "This is what he's probably saying. This is what he's focusing on." I don't know. That would be kind of throwing each other under the bus, I, though. Yeah, I don't know. I they, we're gonna have to. They're gonna have to get creative. I wonder if players who aren't playing in the game that's going on, maybe in the stands to watch who they may be competing against next, which would be interesting to see fan reaction for that. There's lots of little nuances uh, that are going to be immensely interesting about how this is put together uh, and how it's going to work out. And then the other question is, how the hell does the draft lottery work this year? If 22 teams make it into this, does that mean only 
the people that didn't make it in are in the draft lottery, or does everybody get a ping pong ball this year, you know, or a certain number of ping pong balls? Like, how in the world is that going to work out? And when are we even going to see an NBA draft? Because it should be, you know, the month we're entering into, June, uh, it should be this month, but it's not going to be. So when are we even going to see an NBA draft? Are we talking September, uh, October? How is yeah, any of it going to work? Yeah. But but you know what we get this year that we have honestly uh, never had before if everything goes off? We have basketball in August. Well, that's true. <laughs> no, I, I, we're going to have like the most jam-packed year, year and a half of sports that we've ever had in our lives to make up for this. Um, somebody put um, on the uh, Hey Duke put a pop up NBA. Oh, give me that! Can that you old imagine pop-up players video. Players being able to like uh, just just like kind of like Instagram or whatever it is, maybe it's Snapchat. I don't know where you can where your comments flow across the page. Uh, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Just random facts about guys just popping up like the old pop up video. Or be just or that. comments from other players just going, "Dude, that was cold" or something <laughs> like that. You know, just that'd be that'd be great. Hey, yeah. let me uh, let me ask you guys a question. All right, so uh, scenario is that they bring back all of the teams to finish out the regular season to get up to, uh, let's say, 70 games, 72 games. Uh, do and should the Suns bring back Devin Booker? Are they gonna be, Are they gonna yeah. have a play-in situation at the end of that? No so, play-in right, situation. Right, right. Top no. eight uh, as no. normal. No, I'd leave him no. in Phoenix. I wouldn't even bring. I I'd find a way to get his. Damian many... Lillard spoke for all those guys. I think if there's no chance for a play-in, then there's no point of playing. And that's why I don't think they'll go that route because it's been made pretty clear that big name guys that are on teams that wouldn't yeah. have a shot aren't coming back to play five games for tv contract revenue they're not doing it they and so you can have there's going to be some small right there's going to be some small um uh chance right for the suns there's going if the suns play at all there's going to be some small chance that they can work their way into uh it's probably like from cutting the deficit from the, between them and eighth and then making a play-in that's a one game kind of thing and then maybe winning their way to the eighth. They would have to, the Suns would have to be on it because all the teams would be focused at would, that point. What do you think about the Suns, uh, assuming something like that happened? The Suns' ability to beat either in a single game elimination or some sort of uh, um, uh, uh, multiple game scenario uh, where winner gets it to beat the Spurs, Kings, Pelicans, Blazers, and Grizzlies? No, oh, I think they can. I don't think they'd have to play them all. No, but I think they could beat any of that group. That if this team, if this team fires on all cylinders, we know they can beat anybody. Look at November, and Here's, that was with the out, uh, without to a healthy point, DeAndre. Though, to Tim's point, though, it's not even just those guys. I mean, if you actually come back with twenty-two teams, uh, and you have them play uh, uh, eight regular season games or there's five no regular gimmies. season games to win, there's zero gimmies. Because all of the beatable teams stayed home. Yeah. <laughs> and the Suns are the second most beatable behind, in my opinion, Washington. Uh, Washington's a worse team uh, record-wise, and, and, and they're just less of a team. So absolutely, there's no gimmies. So it would, be, it would be incredibly difficult. However, the Suns didn't have a single game this year with all their players. Now, the likelihood that they'll get all the way to the regular season after a training camp and all that and not have a single other new injury is almost zero uh, because of our history with this team. But uh, definitely the Suns have a chance. They definitely have a chance in any game 
uh, the, the likelihood of them stringing together multiple really good games, not so great. But you know what? It's not likely for the Grizzlies to come back and suddenly be as focused as they were. And it's not likely that, uh, that any of those teams, in fact, you're probably the Spurs are the most likely to make the playoffs in something like this because Popovich is going to have his team playing smart. Well, I think it comes down to, I think, the Spurs make sense because Popovich will have them prepared and, and to play smart basketball. But I think you have to look at the group, and especially if the round robin is between those teams uh, within six games, and including Memphis, or if that's the kind of the play-in group, which team has a guy that can just take over everything and will his team into that spot? And I think it's Portland with Lillard or McCollum, and I think it's the Suns with Booker. I think Booker, what about the Pelicans? Well, but we don't know. We really don't know what Zion can do, and he's never been uh, truly tested in the NBA. I mean, he had barely come back for a handful of games when when the hiatus happened, when when the the stoppage happened. So I don't know. He will be that kind of guy. I don't know that he's that kind of guy yet. I look at it and. If we're ever going to see Devin Booker go full Kobe, right, just completely take over everything, it's in this kind of situation because this guy is sick of not mm-hmm. being part of uh, of the, the playoffs, right? He's made that very clear. And if he sees an opportunity to will his team into that and he's, and he's the superstar we believe he is, he alone could be the difference maker in that kind of group because Memphis is, is inexperienced, and John Morant is a hell of a talent, but he's a rookie. Uh, there, you look at that field, yeah. and I think Devin Booker's the guy that you go, he may be able to just take over uh, and win, win a play-in tournament just to get his team there because he's so determined to do it. Can, you, can, can we agree that these... Uh, starting with the very first regular season game, whatever that slate is, five games, eight games, assuming everybody who plays has a shot at a playoffs. Can we agree that these would be the most important games that Devin Booker has ever played in as a group? Well, yeah, I mean, it's yes. not even close. By far. I mean, yes, yes. We I mean, you can say it. any of these teams, but it's Booker who's been with the team five years. Um, what the, Greg was saying about, Devin Booker going full Kobe and whether or not we'd get that is, you know, my immediate reaction to that is we've seen that Devin Booker before and that version of Devin Booker is not what wins games for Suns. Well, I also full Kobe uh, wasn't full Kobe in his first playoffs. I mean, this is basically this would count as Booker's first playoff like situation and full Kobe wasn't full Kobe his first time through. So we need to temper as all Suns fans do, temper our expectations. Um, I don't see Devin Booker suddenly becoming Michael Jordan or Kobe in these in these games. But you know what? None of the players will who haven't done it before. That's why I'm saying the Spurs and the Blazers are the most likely to be able to close that out. But God, that would be fun. And Assuming I, there's health, yeah. that would be so fun. And I'm not I'm not saying Devin Booker winds up going back into his all I do is score and try to score 70 points a game kind of situation. But I'm saying he becomes that heart, that motivator for this entire group, does the little things, uh, scores, and, and just wills the team in that way. I'm not talking uh, you know, selfish Kobe. I'm talking the guy that won championships what, playing 
playing, uh, you know, with a team there in, in, in L.A. And just basically Devin Booker taking the step to superstardom. And, Dave, you talk about, well, Kobe, his first playoffs. Yeah, well, Kobe's first playoffs was, I believe, year two when he was – even year one when he was 18. Jordan uh, never missed the playoffs, so his first playoffs was was his rookie season. We're talking about a five-year veteran here. We're not talking about a, a guy that just fell off the turnip truck into, into the NBA. Uh, so I, I think that's why we could see that next terms. level – that next level – step uh, where he just wills them into it now i'm i'm excited whatever we get here right i'm excited to see it because we are we are starved for this uh whether it's the suns or anybody in the nba we're starved for this content we badly need it uh we need a galvanizing force that we all can watch and talk about together uh and so hopefully we get to see the suns we get to see devin booker uh take try to take that step we get to see what deandre ayton can do when there is actual pressure not just the pressure of playing in the nba but the pressure of something is truly on the line now what can these guys do if we go back somebody said uh ty jerome needs to step up um that would be nice but you know what can we can we do something if the suns get to come back and play in vegas can we as fans have have a say in who plays and who doesn't in the rotation so that we can actually take Elia Kobo no. and Ty Jerome out of the rotation? Wouldn't that be no. great? No. You're just going to play no. Devin Booker every minute? We've, we've, <laughs> seen, we've seen all-star lineups. We, we do not know. The fans do not need to be voting on who can play. Just, no. Hey, let me ask you guys a question. Well, somebody has by... to tell Monty Williams not to give Elia Kobo 25 minutes well, in a, a must-win game. We've discussed this. Uh, uh, Elliot Kobo has some very incriminating pictures of Monty Williams, <laughs> and that's why he's getting the minutes. We've he accepted must, man. There's no other logical reason, so we know there is a reason for it, right? Um, but uh, within the, the chat right now, uh, a couple of guys brought up something I think is an interesting question. What bench player is the X factor if the Suns do somehow make it into the postseason and a postseason run. Are we talking Cam Johnson, um, Frank the Tank, uh, Aaron Baines, Javon Carter? What do you guys think? I think it's Frank well, okay. Frank and uh, Cam because you're going to need space and you're going to need shooting. You're going to yep. need three-point shooting if you're going to actually make a run. And we saw when Frank was actually playing well was when this team had their best stretch. So I think you're going to need that floor space, and it's going to have to come from Cam or Frank. Yeah, I think actually think Frank Kaminsky is the key to uh, winning unexpected games. I think Cam Johnson is going to We're be down. Cam Johnson. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to make 40% of his threes, um, but he's not going to be a difference maker. I think Frank Kaminsky is somebody who could come in off the bench and make four, five, six threes, unexpectedly in addition to cams um so i have less faith in frank than i do in cam is what i'm saying at this point because we haven't seen frank play well for a long time but now he's healthy so and he's and he's actually played in playoff games yes they're in the east but he's still played in playoff games so i actually think frank kaminsky is is uh, a wild card to make the big difference on the suns for in off the bench because i do believe aaron baines will be good again and I do believe Cam Johnson will be good, and they'll both make threes off the bench. But Frank is going to play a lot of minutes uh, because he just, he, Monty's going to want to play him to stretch the floor. He just is. 
And I really think he's the biggest difference maker, even though I think probably Aaron Baines and Cam Johnson are the better guys coming off the bench. Um, Frank is the one who can make the difference. If he gets 20 points as the eighth guy, Suns win. All right. Uh, I have to name Coach Fallen founder in the chat, the chatter of the show. He is a, <laughs> he's brought it. He made a replacements reference, the Keanu Reeves movie, where, uh, you know, the place, replacement uh, NFL, they yep. weren't really NFL players, uh, and he gives a speech about chicks dig scars. Uh, you know, hey, uh, can we get all the guys come, to come up with a line dance to I Will Survive? <laughs> we can. We can try that. And then he says uh, in the chat, you're going to need your highest graded player on the floor. And then yep. he, come, <laughs> he comes back with highest graded player star in terms of expectation. In terms of expectations, and there I am again. I I, my expectations are super low, so if all, he totally exceeds those, the Suns are great. No, all all I'm saying, Dave, is that when you say that that Frank Kaminsky is the key to the Suns making a, a postseason run, I just think we're like just we logically probably think, are. Think about the that odds statement. are against the Suns. The, the Suns have the 21st best chance. I love out Frank, of 22 but... teams to make the to make the playoffs. I agree. We, I'm not. I'm not hanging any playoff hopes on Frank <laughs> They're they're 13 games under 500. All right, like I'm not hanging playoff hopes on anybody. I'm just saying, hey, if we're gonna get if we're gonna get a, a hope and a dream out of this, right? Uh, we might as well go. Well, we need Frank Kaminsky to be a superstar. Sure. Here's here's the thing. I I do think that there's uh you know the Suns were at their best when Aaron Baines was was shooting 50 plus percent from uh from three. <laughs> At the, yeah. the top no, of the key there. No but crap, also, Tim. <laughs> but I also think that in those games in which the Suns came back, a lot of them were fueled uh, by Javon Carter in the third quarter making incredibly impressive defensive plays, um, getting what, the ball in transition. And true. that that made a huge difference for those teams. And and so I, I if I had to pick one, I'd go Javon Carter. You know, that's a really good one, Tim. Um, yes, Javon Carter. The problem is, He's not um, not problem. I take that back. Javon Carter can make more winning plays than Frank Kaminsky can make in a game. If we're talking about eighth versus ninth versus tenth player, okay, got it. Um, but as far as the difference making threes and the wave in the threes in his face kind of thing when he makes them, Frank has more bravado when he does his stuff, and Javon's not going to take enough shots to make that big difference. I mean, he had one game where he had 15 points, and we all thought he was the second coming coming off the bench, and they scored 15 total in the next week or two weeks or something like that. So, um, whereas Frank, he'll come in and take eight shots in in five minutes if he can. I'm gonna I'm gonna scoot closer to the mic and the camera for this. We just spent five minutes debating Frank Kaminsky and Javon Carter being basketball keys, baby. I don't know if this is basketball or insanity, but at least we're talking about something that's, uh, that actually has to do with on the court. And it also means there's really no chance here. That's what, that's what it means. Let's be, <laughs> let's be Frank and Javon about it, right? It's not much of a chance. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching games, yelling at my TV, Frank, again. And uh, that's that's just what's going to happen. Oh, that's the way it's going to be. At least it'll be at least it'll be a distraction, and we'll we'll get some hopefully some number of Suns games, and then we'll get to enjoy whatever. Actually, the rest you know of the what? Playoffs looks Probably like. the most important bench player is the dude who makes sure of everything that DeAndre Ayton puts into his 
gullet leading up to the season again. That's yeah. the most important bench player. Yeah, how much you want to bet he's going to get uh, drug tested the, the day after he comes back? Well, heck yeah. That's why I'm saying you've got to, the, the most important dude is the one who makes sure he knows what goes into his mouth. You kidding me? They've been FedExing him pee cups this entire time. They didn't let they didn't let DeAndre Ayton go without getting tested this whole time. They're they're checking on him. Whether whether it was the team or the league, somebody was FedEx somebody was saying you are setting me what urine back. Go wrong that actually that? Should, that should be the title of this episode: FedExing pee cups, the Sun Solar Panel. Yeah. Uh, I can personally state that it is 100% uh, uh, possible and feasible to get tests done at home uh, where you send into the lab. <laughs> you can personally attest to that. Yeah, I can. I can tell you. I, you know, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. I spent a lot of money on on uh, blood work while in quarantine because I had a slight stomach ailment, and it turns out I don't have liver cancer. Thank you. <laughs> well, good. I'm really glad you don't have liver cancer. I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, a bit of a hypochondria. Okay. I love that you went to the full extreme. Yeah, let's. Uh... <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's you know what does not do somebody good is being a hypochondriac with a slight stomach ache, uh, in quarantine with full access to WebMD. <laughs> they should have shut down WebMD during during quarantine. Uh, <laughs> see, oh. I spent three hundred dollars on blood tests, man. It's dumb. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? I, I'm. I'm just imagining what it would take to FedEx a pickup to somebody else for a test. But uh, other than that, I, I, I'm excited for basketball, right? I, I, I know, right? I, Up until last week, I'm like going, God sucks. We shouldn't have basketball back. It's not healthy. We got COVID, blah, 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 blah. As soon as there's rumor the Suns could actually play, I'm like, yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> hey, look, if if the players sign off on it and the league is doing testing, I'm not going to sit here and tell them that they shouldn't shouldn't do it. That they're adults, they can make the choice if they sign off and they feel it's it's safe enough for them, so be it. They can they can go do it. That's that that's their choice, and if I reap the benefits by getting some entertainment out of this that I've sorely lacked, Fine by me, right? I'm not. I, I'm not going to say a soapbox about Shout that? out to the 41 people watching right now. That's the most concurrent, like simultaneous people we've had watching this show since the quarantine started. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you guys for tuning in. We all need a distraction uh, from this other stuff we're seeing. Uh, so I appreciate you guys joining us for this. This is awesome, and it's been really fun, and I love the interaction in the chat, man. Yeah. This is this is so fun. I think people okay. are actually excited that we get to talk about hypothetical real basketball rather than anything else we've had to talk about. So it's almost here. I know we're still like six weeks away for, or a little bit more from actually seeing basketball, but Thursday's the vote. Then players are going to come back. Their training camps are going to start. We're going to feel like – we actually have sports and the Suns in particular, hopefully, to talk about. So, yeah, I, I get why we've got 41 people here. They're excited, and and I am thankful for everybody that listens on the podcast too. We're gonna get basketball soon, and then we're gonna figure out what draft pick we have. So we got some stuff coming up. Uh, Steve Holler said he th thought it was a home improvement channel. Um, <laughs> excuse me. I, 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 I will say uh, that the, the chat, the people that are really chiming in on the chat during the show does 
help steer the conversation in ways that we wouldn't have thought of otherwise. Um, myself, Dave, and Greg are always reading it, uh, even if we don't respond to every single one. Um, but it's incredibly helpful just to, to keep the show going in, in a way that flows. So thank you all so much. Uh, we will be back again next Saturday, 7 o'clock Arizona time. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure that you do subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review if you can. If you're listening on the podcast version, go ahead and search Sun Solar Panel on YouTube. We're live every Saturday morning in theory at 7 a.m. And we'd love to have you. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Coach Fallen Founder, congratulations on your commenter of the week. Ubre is totally healthy, by the way. Before you hang up, Ubre is totally healthy. Everyone's ready to play. Thank you for that, Dave. Ahoy, hoy.